0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Monday, May 28th, it's Memorial Day. I hope you guys are taking a day off. I'm not. I'm recording a podcast for you and I know you're gonna really be encouraged today because my friend, Trisha Goyer, is back on the show with me today and we are gonna answer a question, a very tender topic from a question who had uh, wants some counsel about her post-abortive experience. So stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. All right, So I hope you guys are having a great Monday. I hope you guys are barbecuing and um, getting some family time in. Our family is really excited because our son Skylar has just come back from um, six months away with uh, YWAM. He was in uh, Thailand for about a couple of months and then he was in Ukraine and now he's home on U.S. soil. So we're enjoying him uh, today and just hanging out with our family. It's just encouraging to me just to watch our kids. And that's something I love about Trisha. Um, to watch our kids walk in with the Lord, and it really does take the sacrifice of parents and the willingness of parents to shepherd and love their kids uh, through the teenage years and beyond. So, I hope you guys have been encouraged uh, by Trisha and her what she said to us last Friday in the podcast. Trisha is a prolific author. We talked about that last Friday. One of her favorite books, there's several actually that she has written that I have just loved and will be Mainstays in our family library. But her latest book is called Walk It Out. And uh, in that book, she talks about what it means to basically follow God, like the radical cost of following Jesus and living out His Word, one step, one decision at a time. So I had a a question come from a listener. I've actually gotten this question several times, and I asked Trisha if she'd be willing to address it. And she said she would. So uh, Trisha Goyer, thank you, friend, for coming back on the show today.
1: Of course. I always love uh, talking to you, Heidi. I always love listening to your podcast too. It's you're my laundry buddy. When
0: I'm folding laundry, I listen to Heidi. <laughs> Everybody needs a laundry bite. Now, if the laundry would just fold itself, we'd be in even better shape, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So you and I um, have known each other. We have a mutual friend like the, the Demazes. I've got a connection there in-, in Little Rock, which is where you live, right?
1: Yeah, and there are pastors. So-, so we love them so much.
0: Right on. I love how God uh, how God works, and I one of the things I love about you is you're uh, absolutely unafraid to talk about what the hard places that we find ourselves in in this life. And today's question is really kind of a hard place. I spoke to a mom in uh, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I I was telling you before the show, and I'll just bring our listeners up to speed on our little off uh, off show conversations. Uh, but I was just in Myrtle Beach, and I was doing. Um, a mom's night out there. So the weekend before last, I guess. And I was talking about things that quiet our witness, things that really uh, take us off of the battlefield and sort of bench us. And if you guys have been listening to my podcast for very long, you know, it's my sort of mantra is sort of get off the bench, like get onto the battlefield. There's like foster kids need you. There are kids that need homes. There are broken marriages. There's so, that we live in such a broken world. And the enemy uses, uh things in our lives often to quiet us and we don't even realize that that's what's happening so i listed things like prodigal children you know oftentimes moms will think well my i homeschooled my kid i did everything right then they walked away from the lord so i got i got nothing i don't have anything to offer anybody which is a lie from the enemy i i hear from people who have suffered from abuse or they've walked through the pain of a divorce and as i was talking about the list of these list of things that quiet your witness uh, when it was over, this young uh, mom came up to me and she said, "Hey Heidi, would you please add shame to your list?" And I, I hadn't thought about adding shame, but obviously it's a really big one. And she said that she had experienced an abortion when she was uh, 18 years old, and that it had taken her years and years. She said she had no idea the emotional aftermath that that would uh, that that would hurt her that badly. And the shame that she felt, and she said it took her almost 15 years and uh, and struggle in her marriage and all these things to really come to the place where she realized that not only had God forgiven her, but He wanted to use it. And so I wanted to. I Tricia actually wrote about her abortion in Walk It Out. And so I asked Tricia if she would help me sort of answer this mom's question about how do we walk through uh, the shame and the pain of a post-abortive uh, life and what kind of healing God can bring. So Tricia. Uh, Thanks for coming back on the show today. Yeah, I'm so
1: glad to be here. And this is such a hard topic. And if you would have told me when I was, you know, 15, 16, I mean, all those years that I would be willing to share about this, there is no way because that shame is such a heavy burden. You know, when I was 15, I went to a Planned Parenthood and and, you know, as a 15-year-old, you're used to listening to adults. <laughs> and this nurse is like, it's just a blob of tissue. We're just going to scrape away a few cells. You don't have to think about it tomorrow. And as a scared teenager who didn't want her friends finding out, her teachers finding out, her grandma finding out that she had been sexually active, you know, that seemed like a really good answer to me until the you know, next day when I woke up and realized, what have I done? Um, and it was the reality that, you know, there was there's not going to be a child there. Um, and then I got pregnant again at 17 and had my son. And I found that with a lot of young women who've had abortions, they almost have an a atonement or a redemption baby to kind of make up for that. And I wasn't trying to get pregnant on purpose, but I wasn't really trying not to. But there was just such an ache. But even after having my son, that didn't make it better. It didn't, you know, bring back the child that I had aborted. And for years, um, even after John and I married, I met, you know, met married this great Christian guy. Um, he knew, my mom knew, because she had driven me to the abortion. Again, she's just trying to help me out here. Um, and no one else knew. And I remember sitting in Bible studies and people would be talking about it. Um, and I just, just feel this burden and this, pit, you know, pin in my stomach would just hurt and this ache in my soul. And like if they knew, they would hate me. And I felt like I was the only one. I'd sit in church. And if it's mentioned at all or the sanctity of life or anything, I would just like want to sink in my uh seat. My knees would be shaking and just this this pain. I remember times I would lay down, especially times around when the baby would be due, and I would just have these images of the abortion happening. I mean, it was just tormenting me. And, you know, now I you know, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a I have adopted these kids, but back then I was tortured. I was um angry i was in pain and when you face something like that and you carrying that shame and you're carrying that burden um i had to almost put a wall around my heart cuz the emotions were just too much to think about but that wall also split me up from my family i i remember my kids would get hurt and i would like couldn't even feel compassion for them because that wall was there now i could look back and see then I, i'm like why aren't i more concerned about my child that just cut his finger open or Um, You know, I I would feel this love for my husband, but like almost at a distance um, because I had this wall around my heart, because if I let any emotion in, I couldn't deal with the pain. Um, And it wasn't until years later, I was at church and this young woman stood up. She had an abortion when she was 19 and she was leading up a Bible study for women who had abortions. It's called Forgiven and Set Free. And as she stood up there, I just like my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe she was in front of the church talking about having an abortion because it was just my hidden thing that I was so shameful about. And um, her, um the, the Bible study was like a month away. And I, every day I'd pick up the phone to call her to tell her I wanted to join. And I put it down. I couldn't even tell her that I had an abortion. Finally, the day that it came, I knew I had to go. Um And so I ended up calling her that day. She says, come. I walked in that room. And there were six other women, people that I recognized from church that had an abortion and literally walking in their room and seeing them and exposing myself lifted this burden that I had been carrying for so long. And then going through the Bible study, God just peeled layer after layer after layer of pain and shame. And I realized that When he forgave me, he forgave me for all my sins and abortion wasn't like, I forgive you for everything, but this is just too bad. He forgave me. I really had to realize that I was in a dark place and I was looking for answers and he was wanting to be there for me, but I just didn't realize it. And I, after that study was done, I just walked in freedom and then i actually helped start a crisis pregnancy center cuz i realized like i need to help other people so they they are not facing the same thing and getting the wrong answers that i got and so god used it as a stepping point for my writing for my ministry for everything from that healing that i received
0: I love that you're, that you've spoken to what is so often the case. We listen to the lies of the enemy, right? So it's, it's the devil who says, Oh, that sin's just too big, right? It's the accuser of our soul who wants us to keep uh, quiet. I had the same experience with the, with abuse in my life. And I started talking about it not until I'd been on the speaker circuit for maybe eight years. Um, and I, when I, I can remember very clearly when the Lord said, um, it's okay. You know, the person who's the most likely to help a woman who is suffering through the pain of a, of, of, abu- of abuse is not someone who's never experienced it. It's someone who's been through it and has come out on the other side and realizes how loved she is and how God offers healing and strength and mercy and forgiveness. And the same thing is true of a woman who's had breast cancer. The same thing is true of a woman who's experienced the trauma of abortion. Uh, Trisha, you have an incredibly powerful witness because you've actually experienced uh, the pain and really the deception, because abortion is a lie, right? It's a lie that it, it's healthcare. It's a lie that it helps women, that it's good for women. It's not good for women. And the women who were able to speak out about that, uh, the most boldly and the most powerfully are women who've actually spe- experienced it and can say, don't listen. Uh, it's a lie. And so I appreciate you're telling these women, God wants to set you free, not just so that you can be free, but so that you can set other people free.
1: Absolutely. Like, I never thought that that would be part of my story because I had, I was just living in so much shame. I didn't have a voice. I didn't have a voice for anything. Um, I remember I had, you know, had this desire in my heart to write Christian novels and I would write stuff and it was flat. There was no emotion because I couldn't let emotion in. So even when it came to loving my kids, loving my husband, following my dream to write books, I had nothing to give because I was so her inside and God doesn't want us to live there. He wants us to live free. You know, it talks about um he brought us fr- freedom so we can be free indeed and he wants us to walk in that freedom. He wants us to live full and abundant lives. And we have to realize that he has forgiven it all. He has forgiven everything. And I remember uh, going through the Bible study. And one of the things that had us do was imagine uh, Jesus there, you know, in the midst when we're having an abortion. I'm like, I don't want to picture that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I almost pictured anger. or But really, when I was able to think about it, he was weeping. He was weeping. Yeah. He knew I was looking for love in all the wrong places when i should have been looking for him he he knew i was just trying to find an answer when he was the answer and just seeing and imagining the compassion and his love for me even in that moment of my darkest sin really changed everything and it changed how i live my life i'm willing to take steps of faith because if jesus can love me in that he can love me through anything, and yeah. I just I want women to be able to have a voice, to have that freedom, um, and to know that that Jesus loves them, uh, not in spite of that, but even through those moments, He was loving them and wanting them to turn to Him.
0: Mm, it's so powerful. And the, I, the other thing that you've said that's really struck a chord with me is that that shame that you were carrying around, the enemy used it to silence you because you felt like you didn't have a voice anymore. And there's so, I just wrote about this uh, the other day, because I was realizing this is really this kind of um, this plague, this sort of wet blanket that's over the Christian community right now, who's really lost our voice. Like we don't speak anymore. We're not speaking out about things that matter, mostly because we don't want to offend somebody or we you know, heaven forbid we should come across wrong. But what you're really saying, what I'm hearing you saying is once you were released from that shame and you realized how loved you were, all of a sudden the voice that you had wasn't yours. It was the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, Hey, I've you know, the hope and change you've been looking for, it's right here. It's right here and we find it's found in Jesus. That's a message worth sharing.
1: Absolutely. The first time um I ever spoke, my pastor had I'd gone through the post-abortion Bible study and I actually started teaching a post-abortion Bible study because I had found so much freedom. And he asked me to speak for the Sanctity of Life Day. So this yeah. is like the first time beyond the college, you know, speech class that we have to take. Right. right. The first time I ever spoke in front of a group was telling them about my abortion. And I remember I, I wrote it out. I couldn't even look at people. My knees were shaking. My voice mm-hmm. was shaking. And I didn't know how people would respond. If they would look at me different, they would hate me. When I looked, when I finally looked up from those written words, I saw love and compassion on most of the congregation, and I saw pain and regret on other women. I saw tears. I saw women who had, you know, I could, I could point them out. Almost the ones that had an abortion, because the shame was there. And afterwards, those women came up to me, and I was able to talk to them and pray with them. Many of them joined the Bible study. But because I was willing to share my story, other people got to, you know, have compassion. They understood a little bit, you know, better the lies that I fell into, but also the forgiveness of God, but also other women, I was able to lead them to freedom. And then they went out, you know, some of them ended up helping me with the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Once we share our story, we give Other people courage to share their stories, who give other people courage to share their stories, and the ripple effect. We have no idea how it will go. So, of course, the enemy wants to silence us and keep us in bondage and keep us, um, you know, with our our voice silent because he knows that our words can really impact many for the glory of Christ.
0: Yeah. And it's absolutely true that if we would just allow the Holy Spirit to work through our brokenness, I've kind of, I'd love to hear what you think about this. I've been, you know, Thinking about and sort of watching this in my own life, and I've I've come kind of to believe that the way that God works best in our lives, this is how He's working. He works the best in my life is through suffering. It's through the hard things that we go through. It, I think maybe just because we're human beings, and when we're doing great and the money's there and the food is there and you know uh, people like us on Facebook or whatever, you know we we tend to not. Feel like we need the Lord, but when we're uh, very aware of our own brokenness, or we're walking in a place of of weakness, or we're walking through suffering and a struggle, that's when we cry out to God, and that's where the Bible's that I love that God said in His Word that He's near to the brokenhearted, that He binds up their wounds, that He literally weeps for those who are are broken. That God loves us that much, and I love that you're uh, that you're pointing. That out to these women, it's a message that not just a woman who's experienced the pain of abortion, but the mom who's living in shame because her child walked away from the Lord in spectacular fashion, or she, or she, uh, she and her husband's marriage didn't make it, or whatever it is that she's that she's walking through. God is saying, "I'm I'm right here. I never left. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I have a good thing for you," and that is a message of hope that is so desperately needed in the culture right now.
1: Yeah. And I think it also is important for our own kids and our own family. Cause if we try to be perfect, like, you know, mm-hmm. our kids are going to mess up and they need to know that we've made mistakes and, and God is there for us and we'll be there for them. Um, I remember we, the day before I spoke at that sanctity of life day, I'm like, I have to tell my kids. And they were probably like five, seven and 10 at the time, because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to hear it from other kids or other people at church. And so I right. sat down with them and, and shared what abortion was and that I had had an abortion. And they had so much compassion for me. They Then they saw me, you know, sharing my story. They saw me as I worked with uh, teen moms and at the Crisis Pregnancy Center and helping women. And it became something that was really meaningful to them because they saw how it impacted me. And I remember one day my daughter came back from a youth event and it four different youth groups were together and they were all, it was like this game day. So they're all playing ping pong and games in this rec room. And she said the, the uh, topic of abortion came up and she said, mom, most of the people in the room were like, Oh, it's a woman's choice. You know, everything that they've heard from uh, you know the, the the secular agenda, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a woman's choice and she can have an abortion and we shouldn't tell her what to do. And, My daughter ended up saying, there were probably like five or six people around her, and she ended up saying, Let me tell you my mom's story. And so she ended up sharing my story. And after, like, wow, you know, I never thought about that. And she realized that by the time she was done talking, Every person in the room had stopped their games and had gathered around her and would listen to her tell my story about the pain and the shame and, you know, about also having the second crisis pregnancy. And now, you know, she has a big brother and all these things. And this whole group of, you know, 30 to 40 kids, she's like, Mom, all of them are listening. And all of them said, I never thought about it like that before. You know, because this is like one of their friends that she has a big brother now because her mom didn't choose it. And, you know, the pain and shame, how her mom faced that. And so... If we are bold, we, you know, our kids will be bold too. And I think so many times we want our kids to be um, messengers for God and go and do great things and speak for him. But we need to be doing that ourselves because they follow what they see, not just what we tell them.
0: That's right. Where I'm always telling uh, parents, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And so if you want your children to be bold in the culture, let them see you be bold. If you want to, them to walk in freedom, let them see you walking in freedom. It's so important that we model for our kids that we live it out. There's something about uh, this generation of, of kids for sure. The millennials can smell hypocrite a mile away. And uh, they're, they've are they seen so much hypocrisy. They've seen it in the church. And frankly, we're seeing it in the church uh, today, probably more than I've ever seen it because we are abandoning uh, the integrity and uh the The perfection, really, of the Word of God, and just going back to the Word of God because it doesn't change, and there's healing uh, found in it. Trisha, I've got one other question for you, for the mom who's listening to this. And she, I'm thinking of this of this one mom who uh, wrote to me and said that she just can't she can't seem to get above it. She feels like she's um, quoting, she said, "I feel like I'm underwater." Uh, what do you say to this mom who now has been? She's experienced this abortion, but it's been years. And she just can't come out. She feels like she can't come out from under that shame.
1: Yeah. First, I would uh, have her check in the area to see if there is a post-abortion Bible study. Um, Often crisis pregnancy centers, churches will um, lead one. And it's hard. Like making the call (laughs) and asking that is so hard. But the freedom is so good. Or get the book for yourself. Um, It's called Forgiven and Set Free by Linda Cochran. If you don't feel you could call someone yet, um, you know, do it yourself. Go through the Bible study yourself. I've had women when we did the Bible study that had an abortion forty years prior. Oh. I mean, you know, when, when it wasn't even legal. You know, by the time uh, she did the Bible study, she she had an illegal abortion, and here it was forty years of her carrying around this bondage. So don't wait. Um, mm. Get the Bible study yourself. See if you could join a post-abortion Bible study, and then reach out to someone. And uh, maybe that's not their story, but if you have a friend that you could trust, just knowing that someone can pray with you can be with you, just speaking the words to another person who is godly, who's going to encourage you, who's going to be there to support you really makes a big difference. And it helps you kind of, you know, if you could just talk to one person, it helps to break those chains.
0: Mm, it's so important. And there really is, you know, I've said this a lot. I'm going to say it again. We, we, uh, we elected a president, Barack Obama, for eight years in this country because we're looking for hope and change. And now we've elected somebody because we we want to make America great again. But the hope and the change and the greatness that we need is never going to be found in a human being. It's never going to be found in human reasoning. It will always be found at the foot of the cross. It's always found in the love and forgiveness of Jesus. And you have demonstrated that so beautifully, Tricia. He shines through you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story today.
1: Thank you for having me, Heidi. I'm glad to share my story because God gets all the glory for sure in it.
0: I love it. I love how he's using you and using what happens. He does. He takes what has what the enemy means for evil, and he does exactly what he says he'll do in his word, and that is he uses it for good. So thanks, Trisha, for joining me today. Thank you. For those of you who want more information about my friend Trisha, you can find her at trishagoyer.com. I'm going to link back to her newest book, Walk It Out, The Radical Result of Living God's Word One Step at a Time. In the show notes today. If you got any other questions for me or even for Tricia, I can forward them to her. Please shoot them to me, podcast at thebusymom.com. Please be sure that you put in the uh, subject line, Mailbox Monday, so it will route directly to the podcast uh, where it needs to go. And you can also need... I need to make you aware that goes to a staff of three women, who helped me sort through, uh, those questions and those remarks. So I'd love to hear from you again. That's podcast at the busy I'm going to come back, uh, on Wednesday and we're going to be getting ready to start a brand new month at Mom Strong International. I am so excited, you guys, about what God's doing at Mom Strong International. We've got over 7,000 women now studying the word of God with us, doing the scripture writing. We spent the last three months talking about strategies and spiritual warfare. And for this last month, for the month of June, we're gonna be continuing that study, but we're gonna talk about the power of prayer, what it means to walk in victory and what it means to be known for perseverance. There's a difference between endurance and perseverance. So uh, this is a great time to join us. It's a great time to start a MomStrong group. You can become a leader with MomStrong International. Just click on the application. If you've got questions, uh, shoot those to us over at momstronginternational.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll see you back here on Wednesday.